Hello there. So, this is an introduction to the podcast and I want you to listen carefully. People go into seasons in life where they struggle in their work with God. These seasons can be elongated or quite short. Sometimes these seasons can make people totally backslide. These seasons can make some people not ever have a deep walk with God again. But God is always looking for opportunities for us to become fervent in our walk with Him and become deep and go into deeper waters with Him and become more intimate. And that is why throughout His Word, He has always created system and hidden lessons for us to be able to glean from and master our walk with Him. So, in the following episode you'll be listening to, I'll be talking about the seven steps of personal revival. Where you can, and you can always listen to them and draw lessons from them on how to re-engineer your work with God. I've, I've followed those steps time and over again myself whenever I feel, okay, I, I'm not up to pass spiritually. But most importantly is, it is actually, these seven steps documented here were actually podcast small snippets from a book i just published as at this time as a recording of this podcast whose title is seven steps to a personal revival so you can download the book in the link to the website on this podcast and then you can always have the book to read through and draw your lessons from from time to time the steps are elaborate and i went into details inside the book much more details than what you you will hear in the podcast but the book is 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 available online get your copy you download and you can always go back to read you can even share with people and read and read and read and draw lessons from time to time you can read it every six months every one month just to become familiar with the truth that keeps you in a place of revival it talks about the power of the blood of jesus talks about the power of uh, of of speaking the blessing of yourself the power of cleaning your temple the power of, of 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 observing the passover and all these deep lessons will keep you in a spiritually vibrant place where your conscience is not hurting where you are not feeling guilty or living in condemnation where your fire is not burning low but you're on you know on fire for god two for seven and i hope it will be a great blessing to you i pray your life will not remain the same as you interact with it. Don't forget, you can follow the link to the website on this podcast. There is a link to my website in the podcast and you can get your copy and download it. Thank you and God bless you as you listen to the rest of the podcast. Hello there. So welcome. What is the first step for revival? A personal revival for yourself. It is what I call fixing the door and cleaning the temple. What does this mean? It means that you create structure that's the first thing you need to create a structure and the first step under that is that you need to overcome discouragement so as you begin to think of the fact that i need a personal revival i need to get intimate with god one of the things that is going to to get glaring to you are your 
the, the memories of your mistakes and your errors so you begin to have discouragement i hope really i really hope god can forgive me of this or that but you need to realize just like the father of the prodigal son that god is not documenting your wrong he has been eager from the first day to help you get back to him so he's eager to help you come back home to him. so he has been waiting so and that's even one of the reasons he has sent me your way that is to help you you know initiate that decision to decide and say i'm going to go about my discouragement and i'm going to go and meet with god i'm going to go about my my guilt and condemnation i'm going to go and meet god so don't let guilt or condemnation stop you go before god know that he's with open hands and ready to receive you unto himself the next thing you want to take care of is fix the door what does fix the door means it means you want to lock yourself in with god and lock the whole world that you want to create structure you want to look at your day and say okay what part of my day will i be able to give to god what part of my day is best for me to give to god you say in the morning 6 to 7 a.m 5 to 6 a.m i'm going to set my alarm and i'm going to lock the whole world up and i'm going to lock myself and god in or when i get back home at night i'm going to fix the door and what lock myself and god in and lock the whole world up. so from 8 p.m to 9 p.m i'm going to be in god's presence you need to fix the door you need to tell yourself that god you are more important to me than the whole world you are definitely more important to me than everything that is going on in my life and so i'm fixing the door to lock everybody out and lock me and you in then the next thing is you want to clean the temple in cleaning the temple you are the temple of god just like in the old testament you have the temple has three levels you know or three three quarters three three you know three chambers there and you also as the temple of god in the new testament you have three chambers you have the innermost which is the holiest of all which is your spirit then you have your soul which is the inner core and the outermost core which is your body so what do you do in this cleaning the temple the first thing is you want to deal with guilt and condemnation in your spirit you want to deal with the the hearts going on in your conscience so how do you clean your conscience you go before god during that time when you are fixed it up you go before god and you begin to confess your sin you have to own up and you know take responsibility and say god this is where i have failed these are the things i remember i have done you, you say them out of your mouth you go before god you humble yourself and you become accountable for god that god i am sorry for this you say that out of your mother i'm sorry for this i'm sorry for that i need help here and you begin to say that and say i'm sorry i did this i'm sorry if you have to weep then weep if you have to cry cry if whatever you have to do confess your sin and own up to them then the next thing is cleaning your soul which is you begin to take account of the bad behavior the wrong thought the unclean thoughts that you have harbored some manly some unforgiveness some you know some sexual immorality some loss some, some covetousness some selfishness that might have been hanging around in your mind how you've been dealing with people interacting with people that you know they are not right but you've hold on to them so you have to now tell yourself that this is the time to clean it so you go also in that moment while you are fixed it up you begin to open your soul to God, begin to pray and say, Oh God, I invite you into my soul. Come and help me excavate, begin to pull out all these things in my soul so that my soul can be a place that can host your grave. Then the last place is cleaning the outermost core, which is your body. And what that means is that you begin to go into your devices, your relationship, things that draw you away from God, things that remind you of sinfulness, you begin to delete them. Songs, movies, pictures, whatever it is, anything that triggers sin in you, you begin to go after them, delete them, and if it is relationship, people you hang out with that, you know, affect your work with God, that draw you away from God, that make you do things that are not consistent with your faith and work with God, you begin to avoid them. You make a list, you begin to tell yourself, okay, I'm going to avoid this conversation, avoid this person. Now, it doesn't have to be malice, but you have to protect yourself because you're on a journey to becoming a better person. I hope this has blessed you.
and God bless you so much. Thank you for listening. Alright, so welcome to today's series on the Revival Personal Revival Series. The next step following from yesterday's video is that in the Personal Revival Series is the process of applying the blood. Now you can enter the level of cleanliness and revival that is satisfactory to God and will enhance your life without the ministry of the blood of Jesus. And you have to understand what it means to apply the blood. And what does this mean? The Bible says, in him we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. So the first thing you want to understand is the process of redemption. Redemption didn't just happen. 2,000 years ago on the cross of Calvary and didn't just stop the day you accept Jesus. The Bible says you have redemption, you have it. That is present tense and it is continuous. That means you have redemption today, you will have it tomorrow, you have it next tomorrow. You will have it anytime you need it. You can always appropriate redemption. The sacrifice on, of, the, of Jesus Christ on the cross can always be appropriated in your life anytime you need it. And that's the meaning of redemption. So the next step which you want to do is how to appropriate that redemption, which is applying the blood to clean your soul. And so you begin to go into God's presence as you lock the whole world out, as we said in the last video, and then you lock yourself in with God and you begin to plead the blood of Jesus. You begin to go before God and say, Lord, I open up myself to you. Let your blood cleanse me in my spirit, in my soul, and in my body. There is nothing as powerful as the blood of Jesus. The cleansing power of the blood of Jesus has never loses power. It is the only thing that can cleanse you in and out totally and make you free. And there are four activities that the blood of Jesus will accomplish in you as you begin to plead it. And you can do this over a period of days. You consistently plead the blood of Jesus. The first activity is the blood of Jesus will cleanse you. In John chapter 1, verse 7b, 1 John rather, 1 John 1, 7b says that the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness so when you begin to plead the blood of Jesus, spiritual activities the holy ghost begins to go into your soul into your spirit and apply the blood it begins to cleanse your conscience cleanse your soul begin to you know wash you on the inside and so that the image of jesus can begin to get clearer and get formed on the inside of you the next thing the blood does is to sanctify you what does it mean to sanctify it separates you it begins to detach you from worldliness the blood of jesus in the spiritual will begin to consecrate you draw you away heal you and you know separate you from things that attach themselves to you sins that get on you it begins to grant you strength on the inside to walk away a separation begins to happen on the inside of you the things you love before the things that tempt you before your soul begins to abort and you begin to want to push back sanctification begins it begins to help you come into a place where you can stand in strength and walk with God as a clean person and separate yourself from worldliness. Then the next thing is the blood of Jesus is going to give you access and open eyes into the word of God. The Bible says that when Jesus was slain as the lamb, that was when he was able to open the book. So the ministry of the blood of Jesus will begin to work on your spirit being so that the, your, 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 you know, your Bible reading time will not be, you know, will not prove about it. So in those times as you begin to plead the blood of Jesus, your inner eyes begin to open so that when you read the book, the Bible, you begin to have enjoying, enjoyable moments in the Word of God. The Word of God begins to open up to you. You begin to receive instruction, inspiration. You begin to receive ideas that begin to change your inside. The Word of God begins to breathe afresh on the inside of you. And the last thing is, the blood of Jesus will begin to form you on the inside. In Hebrews chapter 
13, 20 to 21, the Bible says that through the blood of the everlasting covenant, that God will walk in you what is pleasing in the sight. So as you begin to plead the blood and apply the blood, the Holy Ghost begins to walk something new in you. He begins to go inside your being and correct things there. He begins to go inside your soul and begin to shape things, form new things, remove things and replace things rewire you on the inside so that your inside it won't just be it won't just be an external activity but rather an internal activity where from the inside of you you begin to desire god you begin to have strength to go after god i hope this has helped you and bless you in your process of revival thank you and god bless you so continue from a post from yesterday which is applying the blood today the next thing you want to think about and effect is the institution of worship you restore worship and what does that mean after the blood just has been you know applied in the old testament the next thing is people are able to draw near the bible says in hebrews chapter 10 verse 20 it says, let us now draw near with full assurance with our hearts cleansed from evil works sprinkled from an unbelieving conscience and our bodies washed with pure water that is that is we can draw near to god when the blood has been applied so you've applied the blood you've pleaded the blood of jesus over yourself to cleanse your spirit soul and body so the next thing is you want to stay in the place of worship you want to approach god based on the finished work of jesus christ you want to stay in the place of worship worshiping god singing songs of adoration and recognition of of the love of god to you in the place of worship worship in this essence is not just singing any song there's a major content of your worship and the major content is that you are worshiping god because he sent jesus to die for you the the, the center of your worship the focus of your worship is to give thanks to god that is saying Jesus Christ to die on the cross for you, that the blood of Jesus cleanses you from all unrighteousness. You thank God for the finished work of Jesus Christ, that the finished work of Jesus Christ destroyed the power of sin, destroyed the power of guilt and condemnation upon you as a person. You begin to sing this in worship and you stay there, you consistently stay there. Days you, 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 when you come back from work or when you wake up in the morning, you construct songs, you look for songs that talk about the power of the blood of Jesus, and you begin to worship. The book of Revelation tells us the predominant activity that happens in heaven, and that is worship. Angels, the four and twenty elders, all of them, they bow before the throne of God, worship Him, and you want to engage in that. So, and what happens in this? When you begin to spend time in worship, there becomes a place of oneness and unity. Worship gives God access into our being and it allows us access into God's presence. So there becomes a oneness, a mixing, an intermingling of your soul and God's, a, 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 you know, a unity, a kind of intercourse where you and God become one. The essence of your soul becomes solidified in the presence of God. So that, and what this does is that when you engage in this, it builds up strength on the inside of you that the things that tempt you before the things that make you trip and fall before they become you know they become weak in their grip over your soul and that is what this worship does you stay with god and you become more like god you are elevated in your soul and in your spirit into being more like god this worship is very important because don't forget it helps you come into a place of oneness of intercourse with god when you and god become one not just in theory but in practice the, you come into the experience of oneness with god through worship you want to engage with this over a period of days you stay on it you put your foot to the metal and you stay with it you worship god and you stay there see you
you come into a place of satisfaction in your soul where you know you will have the witness that yes a tangible work by the holy ghost has been done on the inside of you i hope this has helped you yes you can check again in hebrews 10 22 which says you can draw near thank you and god bless you all right welcome to today's episode and today we'll be talking about step four in the seven steps to a personal revival and what is the fourth step and that fourth step is consecrating your substance which is because it goes without saying that many a times what make people look warm and make them you know draw away from god is you it begins with the pursuit of, of sustenance the pursuit of that we need to get money we have to walk see i don't have to let god god will meet you today we begin to say two minutes prayer we begin to we get back from and sometimes it's just that the work is so tedious we get back from we are too tired we would rather just just watch a movie to relax instead of ah, that bible again ah, i don't so and these things begin to take it home so but largely at the center of it is our desire and our need to, to you know to to to, to be self-sufficient to to have economic stability and that is where we need to watch next so we've talked about four three different steps and this is the fourth one you need to consecrate your substance because the truth is what the enemy is doing to make people stay in a place where they are not revived where their work is not strong is to weaponize the material world that was why jesus said you cannot serve god you cannot serve two masters it's either you pick one or you choose the other you cannot serve god and mammon you have to pick one and mammon is not the devil mammon is the material world it is the material world that controls what i will eat what i will wear what i will drink so you see that you are chasing the mammon which is the material world or you are chasing god and the matter with mammon is that behind mammon the enemy can weaponize mammon just like a puppeteer he can stay at the back of mammon mask as the material universe and begin to shift your attentions here and there but what god requires is that seek you first the kingdom and every other thing will be added unto you so what you want to do in consecrating your substance that you go into the place of prayer you appear before god and what you want to say in prayer that god everything that i own everything i've worked for every money in my account every every property in my compound anything i have access to my clothes my shoes my watch my car my money anything is all yours i'm coming here to surrender it to you none of these things own me you own me and i own them they are not my lord and master you are my lord and my master and i am their lord and their master and you are our lord and our master so i consecrate my substance to you i open up my heart to you i say god all of this is yours and whatever you want to do with them do with them and what happens in this prayer of consecration one of the things you should expect is that the holy ghost will begin to move on your heart and begin to detach your heart from covetousness and clinging to your property and one way we'll do that is that you'll begin to instruct your heart to give an offering and when we say an offering it doesn't have to be money the holy ghost can begin to say okay fine since you have bring everything that is just under my leadership i want you to take time whether it's your time you are going to give us an offering begin to visit the orphanage nearby and begin to spend two hours a week to minister to those children play with them read their books to them or visit a a, a a motherless baby home or maybe you visit an old people's home go there wash for them your time is part of your substance, part of your resources. Or the Holy Ghost says, okay, that your car that you love the most, I want you to sell it and give your money to missions. It's possible. And that is where you begin to tell God that, yes, 
there is nothing that I have that I can't give to you. Or the Holy Ghost, I want you to empty one of your accounts and give it to this person or give it in support of this of this course in the, in the world or give it in support of the gospel. Anything, the Holy Ghost can minister anything to you. And you show your obedience to you. I say, yes, Lord, I'll give you all this. You own it. You can give me 10 times more. So I will let go of this. And that is what it means to consecrate yourself. Consecrating your substance, what you are doing in this process is freeing yourself from being dominated by the material universe where God can own anything that is yours, where your heart is clean and not attached to anything, where covetousness has loosed its grip on you, and God is your God. That is, you are not seeking after what you will eat, what you will wear, but rather you are seeking first the kingdom. And when the Holy Ghost says, Let it go. No matter how costly, you let it go. When you do this, the fiber begins to surge in your soul. Where you are not, you are not, you know, you are not bowing to anything on the outside. And this system I'm, I'm, I've been talking about all this while is coming from a story in the book of of of, of Second Kings and Second Chronicles, where it documents how Israel went from a place of idolatry into revival. I'll be sharing more about this in one of the books I've written lately, which will be coming out at the end of this series, and you can, you know, you can download it, pick up your copy. Thank you, and I hope this has blessed you. Learn in this process of revival to consecrate your substance and yield yourself to God. Don't let material substance be your Lord. Jesus is your Lord, and you are Lord over the substance. I hope this has blessed you in a good way. Thank you, and God bless you. All right, so welcome to today's episode. And it has been a, a fantastic journey so far discussing the process of revival. Today I'm going to go into step five in the process of you re-engineering your work with God and coming to a place of increased intimacy. And the step we are talking about today is a step that has to do with, you know, remembrance observing the Passover what does this mean so I've said in the last video that these steps that I'm itemizing they are from the story they are captured in the story of four kings actually one king which is the last one of them which is King Ezekiah whom God taught the process of revival and he took Israel from the place of idolatry into the place of worship and commitment to God and these lessons are coded in that story and those are the things that I have extracted and so we are going to discuss and what does this process of you know of remembrance of remembering your Passover means so your Passover is Jesus and you need at this point to recognize the finished work of Jesus and this is not just the regular thing of when we have discussed that you should sing songs of worship no when God was going to save Israel out of Egypt he instituted a Passover and he told them to kill a lamb and use the blood of the lamb to mark the doorpost. And that became a, a, a ceremony in the life of the, of the Israelites that helped them to remember that God is your God and God brought you out by the death of a lamb that protected you from the angel of death. And that's the same thing Jesus did for you. That when God is exerting his judgment on sin, Jesus died. And receive that judgment on your behalf so that you can be free 
and saved from the wrath of God and be free to have a relationship with God. And so at this time in your process of revival, you want to place a premium on that. You want to you want to come into a place of remembrance. And so what you do is this, you take time and you sit down and you take communion. That is how you come into remembrance because Jesus said, as often as you eat the communion, that you do it in remembrance of him. So he said, you should take his body that was broken for you and his blood that was shed for you. So you want to do that in remembrance of Jesus. You want to take communion, you take, you know, whatever it is, whether some biscuits or some, you know, communion bread, and you have a, a, a juice, a wine there, just representing the blood of Jesus. So you take that and you read the passage of the Bible that signifies that you go into the, into the passage of the Bible that talks about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. You're going to Matthew from Matthew 26, 27, and 28. You read that story. You let it, you know, come afresh in your heart again. You let it well up on the inside of you. You remember what Jesus went through to save your soul. And then you sit down in prayer and you remember Jesus. You take the communion, knowing that in doing that and remember, you are placing serious gravity on the finished work of Jesus on the inside of you and the power the resurrection power of Jesus is coming up on the inside of you to break the power of sin to bring you into a place of full liberation because it is by remembering what Jesus did for you on the cross that you go into life with a consciousness of victory knowing that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world knowing that you have been saved by grace and the second thing observing the communion does for you is that it brings you into a place of fervency where that same sacrifice spurs you to share jesus with somebody else one of the real indications of revival is that you are willing and you are not ashamed to share the gospel you must tell yourself that you must be willing and not ashamed to share the God, that is one of the indications of revival. You must be somebody who is not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is the power of God unto salvation. So you take the communion prayerfully and you stay in the place of prayer that the resurrection power might become a thing of experiential knowledge in your life. Not just things you discuss or say, no, that that power wells up on the inside of you. And beyond that, that power begins to move you to share your faith with other people. This, as you engage in these systems, revival comes into your soul. You are coming into a place of oneness with Jesus. At work, you are ready to share about Jesus, and that begins to get you into a place of fervency. You become sensitive in your spirit to the Holy Ghost, and that begins to affect other areas of your life because you are becoming one with God. You are becoming, you know, intimate with God. You are standing for what God stands for. You are representing what God represents and God begins to bless you in that regard and revival begins to boil on the inside of you and you become a fervent Christian once again ready to fulfill God's plans on the earth. Till next time, this time, I hope this has blessed you. Thank you and God bless you. First of all, I would say thank you for following so far on these seven steps of personal revival series. Thank you for watching the videos and I'm thankful for all the feedbacks and the comments. Thank you for sharing on the different social media handles and God bless you and I'm praying that it will be a great tool to help you achieve revival 
in God's, in God's scheme of affairs and bring into a place where your spirit is strong enough to be a blessing to our world. So today I'm going to talk about step 6 on the personal revival series and that has to do with declaring the blessing. So from our last video, I spoke about taking the communion that is which is remembrance and then through the taking of the communion you get into a solemn place where you recognize the power and the importance of what Jesus did for us on the cross and his blood that was shed and his body that was broken so after that the next thing you want to do is to declare the blessing so what does this mean declaring the blessing has to do with based on the the virtue and the power you realize from remembering Jesus you need to speak powerful words into your life that are consistent with the finished work of Jesus so you need to declare what God says about you about yourself to yourself in the face of whatever thing you are dealing with so at this point in time in your process of revival you want to come into a place of getting into God's word and saying the same thing as God about yourself so after you've taken your communion and you are you are you know your heart is in the place of of cherishing the sacrifice of Jesus's blood on the cross of Calvary you want to go on and start speaking blessing and you know I've said before that this is based on a book I've written lately and one of the steps I itemize is you go into the world of where you begin from Ephesians chapter 1 that says that I'm blessed with all spirit that says blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ so you go into God's word in that kind of place you begin to declare that you've been blessed with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places that God has chosen you before the foundation of the world to be holy and without blame so you begin to declare your destiny according to God's will that you are holy and without blame before God in law then you go to a place like 2nd Corinthians 5 17 that says that if any man be in Christ then you begin to declare that you are in Christ and what these declarations do for example then you go to 2nd Corinthians 5 21 that says that Jesus was made sin for you that you may become the righteousness of God so when you begin to go after these promises and declare the, the new creation in Christ Jesus declaring the promises of God to you from the pages of the scripture what you are doing is you are farming and bringing into the material world what God has intended for you in the realm of the spirit so the words that you are speaking out of your mouth in this moment of declaring the blessing they are going right into your spirit as seeds and they are growing to strengthen your spirit so what you are doing here is building giving yourself because the Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for so you are as you are speaking words out of your mouth you are pouring substance into your spirit that are creating and strengthening you so that in the days that are coming ahead your mind is structured and focused on God's will for you as a person focus on God's perspective of you as a person and with this perspective this will these dreams in your mind based on the words that you have spoken to yourself it directs your call because your tongue is like you know a, a rudder that directs the course of your life so as you speak words out of your mouth you are channeling just think about yourself like a horse and you are using your tongue to direct the direction so to speak 
of the house. So as you speak words out of your mind, you begin to declare the blessing. I recommend you go to Second Corinthians 5. You speak it as many times as possible. Go to, to Ephesians 1. You declare it as many times as possible. You could go into Psalm 32. Declare it to yourself as many times as possible. Go into Psalm 103. That the Lord has blessed you and he has forgiven you your sin. And he has healed you of all your iniquities. Then you begin to declare that out of your mouth. So as you do this, the importance of this step is this. You are gathering the substance of the things you hope for because your revival process is just beginning it's not going to finish in a matter of seven days but as you speak those words to yourself you are gathering the substance of the things you hope for into your spirit and that thing god's word going into your spirit like a seed will begin to form the reality so that in the days that come ahead you'll be able to walk in line with god's word god's dreams for your life as a person i hope this has blessed you as simple as it is and thank you for listening god bless you all right so welcome to the final step in your revival service now you know i'll say a short story i remember once i was trying to buy a costly eyewear and as i was trying to purchase it I actually did make the purchase and I didn't buy a case for it and the Holy Ghost just nudged me and said if something is important to you you will protect it that is if something is important to you you will create structure to protect it and that's what this last step is all about this last step is about creating structure what does this mean as you have Taking your time over the past few steps to come into a place of re-engineering your work with God. One of the greatest things you can do for yourself is now to build a structure around your life that will support your new decision to be on revival for God every day of your life. So, the next thing you want to do now is this. You want to look at your day and create a structure that I'll read my Bible from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. in the morning and at night I'm going to read it from 10 p.m. to 11 p.m. or I'm going to start reading the book of Proverbs one chapter a day for the next 30 days in this month or I'm going to start praying at 9 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 6 o'clock in the evening and 9 o'clock again at night. So now what you are doing is this, you are retraining yourself as a person because the matter is, as human beings, we can condition ourselves. And so you need to condition yourself to host the revival that you have brought into your life by following the last six steps. So you can't just leave things the way they are without putting structure. Or else you will revert back to where you have been before, the, before you started this whole process. So revival is now safeguarded. If you really need it, if you really appreciate your work with God, you want to create a structure around it so you want to start going after probably you want to start a devotional that you'll be reading or you want to start a bible study you know bible study plan that will help you stay on track or you must begin to put systems in places you must begin to set your alarm to when am i going to pray then lastly if you've been someone who have not been going to church or you've not been spending your time around people of faith it is very important bible says that iron sharpens iron so a man sharpens the countenance of his friends. So at this stage, you can't stay in isolation and have a 
robust walk with God is not going to happen. You can't just stay up by yourself without relating with other believers or feeding from other sources, probably by listening to a tape or serving in the church or doing any of these things. You can't, you can't neglect all those and have a full experience of God's love, of God's power, and of God's wisdom for you as a person. So you want to come into a place and put structure around you. So if you've not been going to church for a while, you want to get back to going into church. Probably you've been offended in church. Somebody has done something to you. But you need to realize and you need to come to a place and know that regardless of what anybody has done to you in church, none of them own the church. Jesus is the head of the church and your relationship is with him. So as much as you've been hurt by people, you are advised by Jesus. Let me use that word that you should forgive them because Jesus has also forgiven you. You can't hold a grudge against anybody. No, they are not your savior. They didn't die for you. So if your savior died for you and he forgave you, then you have every reason to forgive anybody. And yet, be loyal to your savior. So you go back to church because Jesus has died for you and is requesting that you be in church for his own sake, to worship him as your Lord and your savior, together with all other believers. So you want to get into that place and you also want to come into a place where you begin to identify relationships in your life that help you strengthen your work with God. You may want to start a small prayer meeting probably with your family or with some friends. You start a WhatsApp group by yourself saying, okay, we are going to be praying together here at 9 p.m. at night. All this structure that you put in place will help you become a person who is on fire for God every time of your life because the Bible says that two are better than one and if you have three then they are better than one and what that means is that when you fall somebody will be able to carry you up and lift you up in your journey i hope this simple step has helped you again once again i thank you very much for listening and i'll say after this i'll be publishing my book which is talking about the seven steps to revival so that you can go in depth to understand this these are just short excerpts from the book that are based on the stories of four kings i went into you know into serious detail in the book to help you go step by step as you read and you implement and that way you are able to chart your course by yourself into a place of revival. I hope you get your copy and God bless you. Thank you for listening.